welcome to the Total Clarity Podcast. I'm Jesse Hyatt. And I'm Mike Varley, and this is week 51 of our 52-week walk around New York City. Yeah, and if you can do math, that means that we are two weeks from the end of a full year of walking. That's right. Counting this week, we're two weeks away. And this is the last of our planned out walks, I guess you could say. Right. And this is a special one, different in a lot of the other walks we're doing. We do ones that are sometimes fun, like the stadium tour last Mm -hmm. week. Sometimes we do serious ones that are related to historical past events Mm -hmm. or things that are related to specific cultures. And uh, this week we're doing a walk dedicated to different 9-11 memorials. And that's a topic that we haven't really broached in any of our previous routes. But yeah, not really. Obviously something that deeply impacted the fabric of this city and the people that live in it and the people that live around it, the nation and the world. Yeah. Yeah, and so we are visiting at least one memorial in every borough this week. And we're gonna take you along with us to see you know what that looks like and what how they've how the different boroughs have treated it and what people have built and you know we'll see all the different ways that people wanted to remember that event and the people that died in it that's right we're going to base our locations off of the 9-11 memorial website which has this fantastic resource of all the memorial landmarks around the world and obviously there are a great many in New York City so we went through and and found uh, just a handful really of ones that were both like kind of in the same space as well as ones that seemed kind of interesting to us uh, to be able to share with you all so we're just down the street from our first one in Brooklyn so we're gonna go hop to that right now All right, so we're at our first location. This is the Fruit Street seating area in Brooklyn Heights. And as you can see, it has a very prominent view of Lower Manhattan. Right. As you were were talking about earlier when we were off the uh, podcast, the idea that for many of these locations, there's a prominent view of where the World Trade Center was. Yeah, it's something that we've noticed as we've been walking around. And I guess where we are at this particular moment is maybe one of the more obvious places because we are just directly across the water. But even in places such as South Brooklyn or further out in the Bronx, certain areas further north in Manhattan, you can somehow see downtown and different areas of Queens. So it is something that I've been thinking about as we've been preparing for this week because I think when we think about September 11th we often think about the people that were downtown and the people that were very close to that neighborhood but you know really everyone in the five boroughs and beyond was affected in some way and a lot of people were affected and could you know were were had some sort of visual or 
audible experience that day as well, even as far out as, you know, down near Coney Island or somewhere that you wouldn't really put that together. Right. And so, yeah, this area be a very prominent location for such an experience. See a lot of bench seating around here. The BQE is right underneath here, as you can see. And then just above is the new developments surrounding Brooklyn Bridge Park, which didn't exist at that time. No, those buildings are only a few years old. So quite a bit of change from then to now. And this we included this particular spot because there actually was a memorial here and it's since been removed. It was a Banksy piece. That's right. So it's listed in the 9-11 Memorial Index online as permanent. And I guess in some ways the materials were permanent. However, the nature of Banksy being the famous street artist that he is, not all the pieces that he put up remain permanent in New York City. So in October of 2013, as best we can discern from the pictures, there was a piece that Banksy put up either here on this wall or at the further wall down here. I suspect it's the wall that we just passed. And October 2013 was actually a pretty hectic year or hectic year, hectic month, when Banksy came and visited. For those that were in the city and maybe remember, every day he was putting up a new piece of art somewhere or doing some type of art stunt. And it kind of had the city in a frenzy. So when new pieces were put up by him, because they have so much value, the walls, in fact, that were uh, adorned with these pieces would have immediately have locks put on security systems because of the tremendous value so what I expect is either the city removed it uh, you know with a uh, power wash but probably more likely yeah, had it physically it removed yeah. yeah so but there is actually uh, not listed on the website but something that we found that we found interesting was over here, these tree pits. And you know, it's unclear when exactly these tree pits were Decorated. put up, but you can see a Statue of Liberty decorating right. this pit right here. And then right up here, what appears to be the Twin Towers. Right, and so it's unclear if this was put up in as a memorial or if it was actually something that was installed in the tree pit pre-2001 right? and just still here. Yeah, but it is really, uh, for me, indicative of just how much it it's ambient like everywhere in the city. And you'll, yeah. you'll just kind of pick it up and, and not think twice about it. But then when you do something like we've been doing this week where you're spending time focusing on it, it yeah. really becomes apparent how it permeates the city. And even throughout this year, I mean, Mike, you've been taking pictures whenever we do see a 9-11 memorial yeah. all over the city. Mm -hmm. And so you start to realize how many there are, even just, you know, in someone's yard or 
on the wall of a business and it yeah it's, it starts to blend in to the scenery um, but yeah when you when you start to really focus and pay attention to it it stands out yeah. all right well let's move on to our next monument all right so we're at our next location and this is engine 205 hook and ladder 118 and this is a mural and it's actually a mural that's kind of evolved over the years and you can see that half of it is now painted the kind of classic fire truck red and then the other half is this I guess kind of great metal yeah it looks like it might be a metal grate that is behind the windows and when we looked at the photos online it looked like it covered the entire door yeah. so while we don't know this for sure my guess is that maybe it was starting to deteriorate with the elements and the firehouse wanted to see as much of it as they could so they yeah. cut it so that you can still see the image but that right. it would be safe behind the glass and it depicts uh, the Brooklyn Bridge the American flag and then the, the cross there, which being the World Trade Center. Right. And it's dedicated to a number of firefighters that lost their lives on that day from Engine 205. Yeah, so this memorial is dedicated to Joseph Agnello, Vernon Paul Cherry, Scott Matthew Davidson, Martin J. Egan, I'm sorry, Martin J. Egan Jr., Robert M. Regan, Leon Smith, Jr., Robert Francis Wallace, and Peter Vega. Yeah. So it's a really cool piece. And it's a beautiful firehouse as well. Yeah. You go across the street and see. We're still in the Brooklyn Heights section. And you can see a beautiful old building. Yeah. And you can actually see the mural really well from over here too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, we're gonna go walk into downtown Manhattan now via the Brooklyn Bridge. And we'll see you over there. Okay, so we are here at the Queen Elizabeth II Memorial Garden, and... Down in the Financial District. Right, we're on Pearl and Stone, and I'm going to read the description of this. This memorial garden in Hanover Square seeks to combine the tradition of an English garden with the American urban landscape. English and American designers work together to create a garden that would survive all seasons and include sky pencil hollies, evergreen hollies and shrubs, yew shrubs, and different species of flowering plants common to a traditional English garden. 67, can you, 67 nandinas have been planted to honor the 67 British victims of the attacks. The garden also features a decorative stone walkway and benches. So 
so yeah, it has a very undulating pattern. Kind of a unique design, honestly. It's small, but I, I don't know if there's a lot of spaces in the city that have this kind of wavy length to it. Right. Yeah, it is kind of an interesting design. Seems very comfortable. Seems like a lot of people come here to sit and now, maybe eat lunch. The plant you said was the Nadina? Nandina. Nandina, excuse I've me. Never heard of that before, so I'm not sure which one. I'm trying to discern what 67 of anything is in this park. Yeah, I think it's possibly it those these little tree like plants. Let's go on the outside of it too. But as you can see, we're in the middle of the cavernous financial district, which not somewhere we walked through a ton this project. Obviously we did because yeah. we went through all the neighborhoods. But. Right. And I think, you know, this is an interesting memorial because there is a sign right when you enter the garden, if you come in from that side, that explains why it's here and what it's for. But it also just seems to serve as a small green space and sitting space for people in this neighborhood where there isn't really that much right. of that um, available given the amount of people that do work down here typically. Right. All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess that those, those I think they're, they are over there straight ahead again. Yeah. And I only say that because they seem to have that kind of straight up growing that nothing else does in the garden. Right. Yeah, these are very pretty as well. And here is the plaque is all the underwriters, donors, officially opened by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, July 6th, 2010. Oh, and look at this. Oh, wow. Daughters of the British Empire in the USA, 1920. And this one says, Badge of Courage, Protect the Protectors. There's a, uh, there's a bunch. they're all a little bit different. Yeah. Mayor, Mayor of London. Crest of some kind, I can't read that. Oh, it's Latin. That's why I can't read it. The Pilgrims. Commonwealth Office. I don't think I would have noticed these had we not been. Yeah, we were here before and I didn't notice them at all. 
the Sister City The Sister program City program of the, the city, city of New, New York. York. Yeah, and they all have the same thing on the map. Huh. Very interesting. Well, we're going to take our way down to the Staten Island Ferry now. Right. We're going to go check out a monument over there. All right, let's go. Across the water via the ferry, you can see Manhattan in the distance here. Right. And so up we're ahead, on Staten Island now. On Staten Island, we have the Staten Island Memorial. It's called Postcards. Yeah. Jesse has a little bit of a description via the 9-11 Memorial website. I do. So, yeah, so this is called Postcards situated on the North Shore waterfront esplanade on Staten Island. This memorial features twin postcards made of white marble, made of white marble that frame the lower Manhattan skyline. Staten Island victims are honored with white granite plaques inscribed with their names, birth dates, place of work on September 11th, 2001, and profile images in silhouette. See the sign for the memorial here. It connects right to the ferry terminal. You can walk along the promenade to get here. Yeah. Very quick turnaround. So it frames. Lower Manhattan. Wow, that is really nice. Get some of the ocean breeze here. Oh, I see. So the faces of each person are carved into the marble. I wasn't sure oh, what to no. expect. That's really nice. First, it was hard for me to distinguish that they were different, but you can see that they are. Yeah. Presumably reminiscent. Yeah, it's the shape of the of person's face. Person. It's beautiful.
and it's both people that worked in the towers as well as firefighters, police officers. Yeah, there seem to be a lot of firefighters listed yeah. here. Actually, someone here that was in the World Trade Center bombing in 1993. Mm. Or I'm, I'm assuming that's why it's listed. Where's right here? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really nice. I don't know the number of people offhand that were from Staten Island. No. But judging from this, doing a rough count, looks like 150 to, to 200 maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure if I can do the math that quickly. Might be about 200 yeah. names written here. We go to the outside here. It has this slatted pattern. It's really nice and simple on the Oh, and you can see too. the silhouettes of the faces oh, from yeah. this side as well. And I'm sure it takes on a different profile at night. You can see some lights here. kind of winged white shape, very you know, symbolic of spirit. Yeah, I'm not sure if they call it postcard because the framing of the city or if those, right. when they called it, they said it was two twin postcards. Yeah. And then there's here on the railing, dedicated to the first responders who lost their lives as a result of their service in the rescue and recovery efforts at the World Trade Center in the days and months following September 11th. Oh, wow. So people that got sick as a consequence, the right, some people that passed as late as 2016. Yeah. Twenty eighteen. I mean tragically there are spaces available because first yeah. responder health is a continuing issue. Yeah, unfortunately it is something that you know, either no one knew at the time or it was, you know, what what can you do sort of thing. But people are still sick. Yeah. Longshoremen, tractor operators, EMTs. The 
detectives, sanitation workers. Beautiful spot to have this all set up. We're going to hop back on the ferry now and go check out some more of the spots in Lower Manhattan. Okay, so we're now down in the World Trade Center Ground Zero area, and there are quite a few monuments around here, whole complex. So we're gonna roll along and kind of walk around the whole area. Right. Check it out. So. So we're starting here at Firehouse Ten, mm -hmm. and we're on Liberty and Greenwich Street, and there's this carved. Uh, bronze wall relief. Yeah, it's depicting all the various activities that firefighters were participating in during the day. And then it also lists the names of the people that died during that day. Right. So you can see actual firefighting going on. There's some rubble sifting at some certain points. We got the, the hooks. You can see the tiny American flags at the top. It's recently Memorial Day. They still be left over from that. And over at the end here, there's pictures of all the firefighters that lost their lives as well. Which we were just looking at and kind of noting how, you know, even 20 years, which is both a long time and not a long time, the photos seem like from a different era in some ways. Yeah. corresponding plaque here. So we'll walk down this way now. There's a park called Liberty Park. And even, you know, it'll be 20 years September now mm -hmm. and even after all this time there's still construction that's going on yeah we're looking well, at the future site of five World Trade Center right and this is a depiction of the st. Nicholas Greek Orthodox National Shrine that's just over here and according to signage is expected to be completed I think within the year 
interested to see what that looks like. Yeah. The depictions have it at nighttime illuminated in a in a, a way that makes it look like a china lamp or something. It looks really. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's. Nice. There's a picture there. Yeah, I think that'll be really pretty. Yeah. And so yeah, coming 2021. If COVID impacted that or not, it's unclear. It's a very nicely designed park. There's a lot of shade from the buildings. Haven't seen a lot of people here. No. The days that we've been here, it has a, an elevated view of the World Trade Center. Well, Trade Center One. It's very nice. And over here, I can do a little rotation of is the Koenig Sphere. This was at the site of Feet of the Twin Towers. You can see there's some damage to the top of it. You can see that hole punctured there. There was a fountain at its base originally and it was moved here. Oh, wow. It's an interesting choice to have this really clearly brand new clean park and then to put the, the sculpture. It is, I mean, I think I appreciate it. Yeah. But it is sort of, you know, it, that, I'm sure that was also a choice that probably took years and discussions, mm -hmm. whether or not to include it and then to keep it as is or to restore it. And right. Yeah, I think they made a good decision. Yeah. So as is with much of this area, there's generally a sense of quiet, even as busy roads flank the sides here. But it, you can hear a little bit in the distance, maybe not in the microphones, but to the ear, you can hear a little bit of the main Twin Towers Memorial, which we will see shortly but the waterfall components. Right. Which adds a bit of white noise. Yeah, I actually didn't think about the noise aspect of that memorial, but that is nice having something that is a fairly loud, steady noise creates a sense of quiet and calm, even more so in being in this space where there's still a lot of traffic and... Yeah. Yeah, it sets a baseline. Yeah. Let's make a ride here. Here's another view of the shrine under construction.
another one of the World Trade Center buildings up ahead. I'm not sure which numbered one that is. Of course, the you know, World Trade Center one, the Freedom Tower, is the one that is the iconic one for the skyline, but right. it is not the entirety of the World Trade Center. Yeah, I actually didn't realize that until this week. Yeah. But, of course, it makes sense. Yeah. Let's see, over on the side here, one of the imprints of the tower. We're going to go in the proper way here. We're going around the long way first. Jesse hadn't been here prior to this week, and yeah. I had been just once before. It's a combination of it being a difficult thing to come down to, and it also kind of being explicitly for the purpose of coming down here in this neighborhood. You know, yeah. if you're not working nearby. Yeah, I think um, it's definitely not, if I just happen to be in the neighborhood, not something that I've ever felt like, oh, I'll just pop by and see it, because it it's a lot yeah. to take in. Yeah. And I think probably people, especially from this area, can, I would think, can relate. I mean, it's been 20 years, but I don't think I've processed it. I don't know that I ever really will. So it's just, yeah, it's hard to be around something so beautiful that really makes you focus on the tragedy that took place here. Yeah. You can see here, coming up on our right, this building, it's known as the Oculus. And it is, I hope I'm getting this right, it's the terminal for the Port Authority, the, or the PATH trains that go to Jersey, and also serves as a mall as well. Yeah, it, uh, It's a, Pretty impressive building inside. We're not going to go in for this video. However, we did go in for our 360 video for the week, so we can put a link to that so you can check it out and see. Right. There is, I think, the most impressive part from the inside. I mean, I, th I think from seeing it from the outside here, it's really cool looking and really interesting structure. But from the inside, there's a skylight that frames the one World Trade Center building perfectly. Yeah, yeah, you can see it from inside. One more view here. So we need to put on our masks to go right. inside. 
all that. Thanks. Okay. So we can go around like this way. So the monument to the towers incorporates the footprints of the buildings and creates what you will see shortly, an infinity waterfall effect. Right, so this was one of the two buildings and then there's a, a second similar monument over to the side. on the railing here, you can see the names. In this section, it is people that died on 9-11, but it covers people that died on the flights as well, people that died at the Pentagon, people that died on 9-11 in all capacities, be they people that worked here, first responders, firefighters, police officers, and also victims of the 93 bombing are included as well. It really is impressive, you know, I mean, we just mentioned that I hadn't been down here until this week. and. I've heard a lot about it and, you know, heard that waterfall um, pool is part of the monument and in my head I pictured something much smaller, I don't know why, but yeah. seeing it and seeing how, um, just how big it is, it really is overwhelming in a good way. See a lot of seating area as well. The view from the other side. The way the light reflects off of the water is really nice. Yeah. And the idea of the the infinite brought about by the idea that you can't see where the water falls to right. from anywhere at ground level here is a really poetic, thoughtful touch yeah. in terms of bringing to mind the idea of eternity.
see flowers. The flowers are put there on the birthdays of the people that passed away. So each day we've come in there have been different flowers. We'll make our way over to the other waterfall. Straight away over there is the 9-11 Museum, which I have not been to. I've heard it's very well done, but also a very intense experience. I think they also did a very a discreet job of making it so that there aren't a lot of vendors in the area either. Yeah. Just being respectful of the space. We've seen a lot of, they have staff that's just on the grounds and somebody puts their foot up or is just kind of being absent-minded at the shrine, they'll go and correct them right away. Everybody is, to my time so far has seemed responsive to that. Yeah, and I think that's great that they're doing that, you know. I'm sure this is a place that a lot of tourists want to come to, but it also needs to be a place where people can come to grieve their loved ones forever. Yeah. Jesse noted the other day that the spacing of the names is really nice. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, I guess that goes with it being such a large scale monument. Yeah. But, you know, we all know that it was, there were so many people that died and this really gives space to every single one of those people. Yeah. This name right here, Kevin Michael Cosgrove, 
That is my uncle on my stepfather Ed's side. And it's always been a really difficult thing for me to talk about as far as I don't know where I quite fit in with the story, you know? But I don't know, with with Ed's struggles with it, it was a it was a very real thing in our lives. Yeah. You know? The grief that he experienced was the grief that I experienced through him and the grief I experienced for the whole family. And of course the immediate aftermath involved a bit of a financial crisis yeah. and the difficulties that Ed had both in terms of the job being a, a recruiter for these financial firms, yeah. it changed significantly, and the mental pain of having to come only a couple blocks away from where that happened right. changed his life and changed you know, my life and my mother's life and all our lives, you know. But, and then in addition to that, Kevin's story is particularly complicated insofar as he was able to get a phone call out, which was not common. Right. And as a consequence, that phone call has had both legal resonance as he, his phone recording was used in the only criminal case that was around, that involved 9-11, which was the, the case of uh, Zacharias Musawi. Yeah. And because it was made public as a consequence of that trial, it also appears in movies, it appears on the internet. I recall in 2004 or five, pre-YouTube, there was a website called E-Bombs World, which some people might be familiar with. And right. uh, I remember that's where you used to go for videos. And there was a video of that audio and it was represented by a thumbnail, which was a picture of Kevin at my parents' wedding, which wow. I'm sure had been scraped from some other internet source to use. And right. just to, to have that kind of randomly appear in my internet, you know, navigations. And there have been subsequent instances where that has happened. Yeah, was, that seems like it must have been striking to have that happen. It was very surreal and unusual. Yeah. And I have never listened to that. It doesn't feel right personally for me to listen to that. Yeah. For whatever reason. I mean, he... I that. He was scared, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that's... That's the extent 
more or less of my experience with it. It's not the most intimate of experiences, but that's relative to, you know, Kevin being my dad or something. You know, it still was a very troubling, impactful, painful experience for yeah. me and people that I love very much. Well, you were involved, you know, with your own, your own grief over someone that you knew and cared for, and I'm sure he cared for you as well. And yeah. then, yeah, you were surrounded by people who knew him even more, and there's always those layers when a family member passes away, but I think this particular way of passing is just so much more complicated. Yeah. There's just so many layers to this. And I'm sure everyone's experience is really different too. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to keep moving along, going to our next memorial, but we'll, we'll see you tomorrow, Kevin. Okay, now we're inside the American Express building, and we're looking at a monument called Eleven Tears. Jesse's going to read about it now. Yeah, so... The American Express Memorial is located in the lobby of the American Express headquarters in the World Financial Center across the street from the World Trade Center complex. A 600-pound tear-shaped piece of Brazilian quartz is carved with 11 sides for the 11 American Express employees who were lost in the attacks. The quartz hangs from 11 cables over the center of an 11-sided black granite pool. The names of the victims are inscribed on the sides of the pool. Yeah. As you can see, periodically there'll be little drops of water, hence the 11 teardrops name. Right. Which I don't think I've really ever seen a water feature like that in a memorial that uses just drops of water. Yeah. It's a nice effect because with it being just one small drop, you don't actually see it coming down from the ceiling. You just experience the, the ripple that it creates. Yeah. So it's very simple. And as mentioned, it has the names of the 11 victims, along with just little phrases about them yeah. and their lives. And the beautiful quartz in the middle, it's really stunning. Yeah, it's really impressive. kind of an elegant foil to the monument just across the street. 
in terms of still featuring water yet in a very significantly different way. Right. continue making our way uptown now to the next monument. Okay, now we're up in Madison Square Park and we have our first instance of a location that is named after a specific individual. And this is the police officer Moira Ann Smith Playground. So we have a little bit of information about her between some Googling and the non eleven memorial site. Jesse's gonna read it now. Right, so Moira Ann Reddy Smith. Officer Moira Reddy Smith was killed in the September 11th, 2001's terrorist attacks while attempting to rescue the victims trapped in the World Trade Center. Officer Reddy Smith was the first officer to report the terrorist attack when she witnessed the first plane strike the first tower. She was assigned to the 13th precinct. Officer Reddy Smith had been employed with the New York City Police Department for 13 years and is survived by her husband, also a New York City police officer, and her, at the time, two-year-old daughter. Officer Reddy Smith was posthumously awarded the New York City Police Department's Medal of Honor for her heroic actions. Right. And, yeah, the playground here at Madison Square Park, where we are, is named after her, which you see occasionally throughout the city, you know, a street or a playground or a park named after someone, and a lot of the times you don't know who that person was or, you know, what their relationship to either the neighborhood or the city was, but um, I enjoy these moments where we get to understand why that name is attached to that thing, and, you know, it brings a lot more depth to just a, a playground in a right. park. Yeah, and the 9-11 Memorial website that identifies the landmarks has quite a few of these instances of street names. And it doesn't always elaborate on uh, their life, but it's easily searchable to find a little bit about the history of that person. And their role if they were a first responder or a police officer, or their life if they just happened to be a victim that day. Right. But yeah, I mean, to be the first person to actually call in the act of terrorism that day is a pretty meaningful uh, distinction. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like she immediately went straight into the action, you know, and ultimately yeah. lost her life doing that. Yeah, she went in multiple times to save people. Wow. According to what I was reading. So. Yeah. All right, so we're going to continue our way uptown now to the 40s, 40s, the 40s. Okay, we're up on 43rd Street now between 5th and Madison. Mm -hmm. And there's a sculpture here. It's called the Kneeling Fireman, and there's a plaque that Jesse's going to read while I take a look around the sculpture. 
In commemoration of the 10th anniversary of 9-11-01, the Milstein family and Emigrant Bank have dedicated this site to display the kneeling fireman statue, which harkens back to the events of that fateful day. The statue was originally commissioned by the Firefighters Association of Missouri and was custom manufactured by Matthews International Corporation in Parma, Italy. The statue arrived in New York just as the tragedy began to unfold. Matthews International decided this statue should never leave the city and presented it to the Federal Law Enforcement Foundation, who accepted the gift on behalf of all the firefighters and citizens of New York City. The Milstein family agreed to display this statue and provided a granite base and storage until a fitting permanent site could be found. The kneeling fireman was temporarily displayed in front of one of the Milstein buildings at 44th and 8th. With the dedication of this site in front of the Emigrant Bank building, the statue has found a permanent home and represents the only memorial to 9-11 in Midtown Manhattan. Emigrant Bank was founded in 1850 by Irish immigrants and many of the early depositors worked in the uniformed services, including a large number as firefighters. Howard P. Milstein, Chief Executive Officer of Emigrant Bank, serves on the National September 11th Memorial and Museum Board and has funded sculptures made from the original steel of the World Trade Center for each of the victims' families. He also funded the recent publication of Art of Heart, Remembering 9-11, a book of children's pictures dedicated to the victims' families. The Milstein family was one of the builders of the World Trade Center, including all walls, floors, and ceilings. During the attack, Milstein employees evacuated residents of Battery Park City buildings by water. More than a, for more than a year, Milstein personnel and resources supported the relief effort by providing food and housing. Among those lost on that day was Neil David Levine, director of the Port Authority and close personal friend of Howard P. Milstein, as well as daughters of colleagues at Immigrant Bank and Milstein Properties, Lindsay Stapleton Morehouse and Stacey Lee Sanders. May they rest in peace. There was a nice poem on the front of this yeah, statue too. Did you see prayer. that? I looked at it briefly. Let's go look at that. I was surprised by how big this statue was yeah. when we were looking for it. It's really nice. So it's a firefighter's prayer. It says, when I am called to duty, God, wherever flames may rage, give me the strength to save some life, whatever be its age. Help me embrace a little child before it is too late or save some older person from the horror of that fate. Enable me to be alert and hear the weakest shout and quickly and efficiently to put the fire out. I want to fill my calling and to give the best in me to guard my every neighbor and protect his property. And if I have to lose my life according to our fate, please bless me with your protecting hand, my children and my mate. I wonder if that's a, like something that is common that firefighters would know and say, or if it's just a nice sentiment and a nice poem that they chose for this statue in particular. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard it before. But the story of it, you know, arriving and it not being initially intended for this purpose is right. pretty interesting. It is. Right. Yeah, and the fact that the 
that family ended up being so involved with that they were already involved in building the World Trade Centers prior to 9-11 and then that they continued to be so involved with relief and making other statues. It's Yeah, it is interesting that they were already commissioning something that was just completely unrelated. Yeah. All right. We're making our way further up. All right, so we've made our way over to the Bronx now. We've gone all the way up yeah. from Midtown to the Bronx. And for this particular instance of the 9-11 site, we did a little bit of sleuthing. We did. We had a particular thing we were looking for. It seems as though that particular thing doesn't exist anymore in its original form, but based on the pictures of it, we were able to sort of place ourselves in location and deduce that the thing that we were talking about, which was a labyrinth for children to process the events of 9-11, was in uh, the Brook Gardens Brook right Park, over here. yeah. Brook Park, sorry. So yeah, this is the Harmony Grove Peace Walk and Labyrinth that is registered at the 9-11 Memorial location. And as Jesse was saying, it's kind of interesting because it's uh, almost a uh, registration to an event, like a workshop, more than an actual location, which I think is kind of cool in its own right. Yeah, and also, you know, if you are trying to figure it out, I mean, what we just did was a little bit of a labyrinth and yeah. maze to figure it out, and, and we did. And it is a beautiful park here. It's this community garden, and yeah. I've actually been here before. I didn't realize it uh, based on the name, but as soon as we walked up, I recognized it. I've been here for a community workshop event that was hosted by a a program I used to be in with an old business uh, that I had and we taught a weaving workshop and there were a bunch of other people doing free workshops and handing out you know free samples of food that they make and things like that and inviting the community to come and and join and so that was just one big event that I actually think they hold every year and it speaks to what this uh, park or garden is. Right, and so what you're looking at now, what I just showed you through the chain fence, is the former site of the labyrinth that was referenced in the memorial. I can uh, put a picture from the website on yeah. the video, and uh, we were able to deduce that that was location from the building that you can see in the distance. It matches the building in the photo and in fact uh, it has been you know 20 years almost as we said earlier and the photo of the labyrinth and the photo or the visual here there's significantly more tree coverage you can see yeah. that this is a very successful park yeah so on the description of the labyrinth it said that the asphalt was covered up because it wasn't stable and it seems as though yeah, at some point after it was covered up, they managed to turn it into a full green garden. Yeah. Trees and everything, which, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, there's some pictures down here where it shows the progress of this lot from, I guess, 
completely disused to mm. vibrant community garden. Right. And yeah, they, the, I think the quote that was, uh, that was fun to reference from the, uh, the section in the memorial is uh, the Living Memorial Project allowed the kids to talk and help make the place a sanctuary of sorts. It offers peace, quiet, and reflection on the events of September 11th. Kids in the neighborhood say, we deserve something nice in the neighborhood. I'll walk the labyrinth and come out feeling like a queen. Aww. So that was nice. nice. Yeah. So you can see here. Yeah, and there's some interesting um, sculptures, I guess. Yeah. In there. And Beautiful like willow trees there. Yeah. Friends of Brook Park Community Garden. So here's the image I was referring to. Corner in the 80s and the corner in the 40s. Wow. So continually changing. Yeah, and this actually makes it even in a way easier to understand how, you know, this was about 20 years before yeah. the yep. Labyrinth Project. Yeah. And then at that point it was a flat parking lot almost. And yeah. now 20 years later, it's this garden. Yeah. So, I mean, in a way it's, it's nice to see or have documentation of a tribute that was in the moment and processing. Yeah. Different from what we've seen today in many respects, but still, you know, very vital. Yeah, and I think just on, I mean, what we're seeing today is a, only a small portion of the very many memorials that are or have been in New York. And I, it is nice that this, you know, in a way that this isn't that anymore, that it was here for a small blip of time because it just yeah. shows the different ways of processing what happened and, you know, how different people handled it. Yeah. All right, well, starting to get towards sunset now. Yeah. We're going to head over the RFK Bridge and check out a Queen's Memorial. All right. Okay, so it's after 10 o'clock. We're in our fifth borough of the day, Queens. Mm -hmm. and we're in Astoria at 30th Street between 37th and 38th Avenue. Right. And we're pretty lucky to find ourselves at a very well illuminated final mural of the day. Jesse's going to read a little bit about the details of the mural. Yeah, so it's just a description of the mural. It says this memorial memorial is a mural of the Twin Towers in a cityscape. To the left is an American flag whose red and white stripes continue behind the towers. To the right are the insignias of four units of responders, along with the words, Remember 9-11-01. At the far right is a bald eagle with a tear coming out of its eye. This one is aged really well. Yeah. I'm not sure when it was painted, but I imagine it was sometime in the... Oh, it was 2002. 
So yeah, this is also about 19 years old. Yeah. There's the eagle. And there's the signature down there. And yeah, it's really cool to see this so well illuminated. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's specifically lit because of the mural. And there's, you know, signs up that say that it's, um, there's security cameras as well. Yeah. Maybe it's the building owner, just, you know, maybe it's about people getting into the building, but I get the impression that it might be because of the murals here. Yeah. So that's our final memorial for the day. It's been a long day, all five boroughs. Yeah, it's been, I mean, you know, we've had the whole day and a lot of chunks of time in between each place that we've visited. For anyone watching, we're going just from one to the other, but it's been nice for me to see all the various different ways that people have made memorials, you know, from the really personal community pieces to the larger community pieces that are downtown, you know, the, the main memorials and even the one on Staten Island where it feels, I don't know, like a lot, like a lot more people maybe were involved in making the decisions and maybe more eyes were on it but right even these local ones are really special and yeah. I, yeah i think it's it's uh it's nice and it's important that there were there was the ability to have a really big memorial made that will definitely be there and be kept up and taken care of by the city for a long time and then also to have these local ones that are more personal yeah so we have one more week of walking left. Mm -hmm. By the time this video comes out, we will be walking it. Yeah. We will not be releasing a video at the same cadence, which is to say the following Tuesday. Right. Because it is the final week of our project and we will be getting married. Right. On the final day of our project. Yeah, and we'll actually be, we'll have a video on Sunday instead of Tuesday. That's right. Because we'll be live streaming all day. Live streaming the final day. Yeah. So for those that are watching all these weeks, you can tune in then. And we do intend to have one more podcast at least yeah, recorded so in this manner. Most likely the Tuesday after. The following Tuesday, yeah. But if you've enjoyed this, if you've found this for the first time please like and subscribe go back and check out all of our other content there's 50 other videos yeah. in similar Plus. yeah 50 other podcast episodes a bunch more 360 videos and way more so stick around for the channel thanks for watching as always and 
Just one more week of walking around left. Bye.